0: Hello, good evening and welcome back to Simply Seria, the Italian football podcast brought to you by AMS Media. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and I am joined by Vittorio Campanile. Vittorio, welcome back to the show, mate. How are you?
1: Fine, Harry. How are you?
0: Not too bad, my friend. Not too bad. Pleased because we've just come on to record and Spurs have just conceded seven goals at home, which is unthinkable. Uh, just imagine conceding seven goals at home. It's an absolute shambles. And uh, I, for one, am very, very pleased. Uh, Vittorio, it's been a busy week in Serie A, as always. Um, Lots to talk about, lots of uh, key games. And that's the great thing about Serie A. There's so many big clubs that there's always uh, games that are of note, uh, games that are interesting and games that, of course, provide plenty of entertainment. Despite what people think about the league, there is a lot of entertainment in Italy at the moment. So let's start off quickly by running through the results. Uh, and then we'll touch on some of those key games. Uh, so from week six in Serie A: Cagliari one, Verona one, Juventus two, Spal nil, Lazio four, Genoa nil, Lecce nil, Roma one, Milan one, Fiorentina three, Napoli two, Brescia one, Parma three, Torino two, Sampdoria one, Inter three, Sassuolo one, Atalanta four, Udinese one, Bologna nil. Vittorio, let's start off. Um, with milan because uh, they've gone into full crisis mode now haven't they and and giampaolo uh, is under pressure already what what did you make of the game at the weekend then is it time that you know it, it, is it time that the pressure begins to be applied on on Gianpaolo or is it way too early
1: uh the pro my question would be is it fair to put all the pressure on Gianpaolo and not to the rest you know there are players playing badly uh you know, Paolo Maldini and Zvonir Boban selected this type of players, and the manager. I think they are they have a big responsibility for what they did. I don't think these players are worthy of the Milan shirt. Uh, I think this Milan team uh, cannot fight for the Champions League. And we've been uh, waiting all summer, hearing that Giampaolo is one of the best manager in Italy, which I simply don't believe. And you know. We had Tommy talking with us a lot of times saying uh, that Giampaolo's team usually go well till December and then uh, from January onwards, they pretty much disappeared. So I don't rate Giampaolo a great manager, but I don't think it's all his fault. Yes, he came with with his type of football. He had to change it because he didn't have the players good enough to play what he was hoping for. And um, Milan now hasn't got an identity because... Uh, Gianpaolo used to play with different tactics, now he's trying to adapt. The players are not good enough, you know. Uh, last Sunday, they lost against Fiorentina, Donnarumma saved a penalty, so you think they lost 3 1. It could have been much worse if they didn't have Donnarumma on goal. So, this tells you how bad the situation is. Uh, put pressure on Gianpaolo, yes, but even on all the other elements, I think, because it's not fair only blame the, the manager. We know, we've been living in the football world for ages, we know that the first one who pays is the manager, but really, these times it's it's all AC land that is responsible for these uh, results.
0: Absolutely, but that shouldn't take anything away from Fiorentina, should it? That's a fantastic win on the road um, and, you know, the way that the season ended for Fiorentina last year, um, wasn't very good and, and people you know, were speaking badly of them. But th- they'll be very pleased with that result, won't they?
1: Yes, absolutely. And uh, it, it's very different compared to Milan. Comiso bought the club this summer and immediately made some very important investments. You know, the first name that comes to mind is Ribéry, obviously. But uh, they're building a, a very interesting team. They have Chiesa, that is a very young interesting player, they they put Ribery there and so on. They are a very interesting player. I'm not sold out on Montella. I don't think he's a great manager. He failed in all the last uh, team he played as well as Milan. So, but uh, I think it's a club that it's heading upwards and it's a club that could fight. I'm not sure this year for the Champions League, but maybe in two years' time, they're building a very interesting team again let's not forget montella started very badly uh i mean uh, they, they struggled to find a type of football they were very unlucky they were to had to go ahead against atlanta they finished during that match so we have to see how things plan out but fiorentina is a very interesting team
0: absolutely absolutely let's talk about the other milan side now uh, inter uh, a 3-1 win at sampdoria alexis sanchez Uh, making a real impact. And, you know, I thought that maybe the first goal would have been given to him when I was watching it as well. It was Sensi's shot. It took a deflection off Sanchez. He he didn't really know too much about it. So it's probably fair. But, um, you know, Sanchez made a real impact, didn't he? And and all of that with no Lukaku as well.
1: Yeah, my son was really upset because he had the Sanchez at the fantasy football. So he was hoping (laughs) for for the two goal of Sanchez. Um, What can I say? you know you think he scored two goals so he played well um lukaku had a huge impact with inter this season Uh, sanchez this was the first time starting uh obviously is in a very difficult situation so this helped inter in a way uh but this inter reflects really how conte is you know it's a team that it's very hard to score against uh, it's very well built. fight for ninety five minutes. Uh, so Sanchez can be a very useful part of this because he brings to the table quality that other striker doesn't have. So I'm go- it's gonna be interesting to see how things plan out. Um, I you know, the fact that this was the first match he was starting tells you that Conte not um, at the moment doesn't trust Sanchez too much. But we will see what happened from now onwards. Do you think that was
0: down to fitness, though? Do you think he doesn't trust Sanchez's fitness? Because, you know, Sanchez had a terrible time at Manchester United. It was well documented. There was lots of talk about the money he was receiving and that, you know, it was uh, over the top. But let's be realistic. I mean, Alexis Sanchez that joined Man United was a fantastic player and you don't just lose that. So do you think that Conte is maybe just a bit wary about Sanchez's fitness because of the lack of football that he's played? Because in my mind, he's a fantastic player. And I think Conte would probably agree with that. Otherwise, maybe he wouldn't have gone out and and signed him.
1: Well, obviously, uh, the the condition is a question mark because he didn't play that much in the past. So probably he's not 100% fit. Um, But at the same time, Inter has many options there and uh, Sanchez has to find a way... To, to to be selected more, to play more. Uh, obviously, Sampdoria was, well, in the first half, a good part for Sanchez. Uh, so, uh, to be honest, he has the quality. You know, every Italian fan remember Sanchez at Udinese. He was unbelievable. And obviously, the first part of his career was, was amazing. Now, uh, I think the quality he has are still there. Uh, the problem is a player tend to lose confidence when when he doesn't play that much when you know fans are, are not happy booing him so what is his level of confidence now is he back because he feels that Conte trust him uh, uh, etc or you know he struggles he need to to stack a couple of good performance to to Be back to the Sanchez everybody knew. That's that's the biggest question mark. And again, let's not forget that Inter is fighting for the title, so they don't have really match where they can test or experiment players. This against Sampdoria was uh, a very bold decision from Conte, I think. But probably he saw that Sanchez was physical ready and wanted to give a go.
0: Absolutely, and and Sanchez ended up spoiling his debut, didn't he, by getting sent off for simulation. It was a silly thing to do, wasn't it? The, the, the guy clearly pulls his leg away and Sanchez takes a tumble. Um, fully deserved, in my opinion. I don't think he can have any complaints about that. Uh, you know. But Inter, of course, they'll be facing Barcelona in the Champions League. They have a trip to the new Camp. And and for those who maybe don't watch Italian football as much and maybe are a little bit more casual in their following of Serie A, how far have this Inter side come? and and can they give barcelona a game in the camp nou and i know that conte's only been there a while but it's it's 6 out of 6 it's a brilliant start isn't it
1: yes absolutely but let's not forget that the only match they didn't play well was in champions league in the first leg they 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 struggled at home against uh, you know a team that they should have beat so the big question mark is that and let's not forget that conte when he started with juventus when he took Juventus, Juventus was a team struggling to finish in the top four. And in fact, that year, when Conte, the first year of Conte managing Juventus, Juventus didn't have the Champions League, and people believe that that's one of the reason why Juventus has ch- had such a good performance in the in the Serie. A. So there's a question mark: Will Conte be able to make this Inter team played well even in Champions League? The fact the fact that they drew at home one all uh, against Prague in the Champions League after they won all the matches in Serie A, uh, makes you wonder if this team is not ready to play very high football twice a week. And obviously against Barcelona, now Lukaku probably won't play, he's, not, he's injured. So this, uh, it's a big problem for Conte. Obviously, we're not talking about an amazing Barcelona because we saw that this year they're struggling as well but I, I would say it's very difficult to score against this inter the, their defense is great it's unbelievable and is probably at the moment one of the best goalkeeper in the world they have godin defray uh, it's a very solid defense so that's something that uh, will be there even against barcelona how they're going to be attacking especially without lukaku that's a big question mark
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a game to look forward to. There's no question about that. And Inter, of course, have a huge game in the league next weekend against Juventus. But we'll come on to that in a moment. Let's talk about Juventus, a 2-0 win uh, over Spau. They had a real injury crisis on their hands, Juventus. But, you know, they they got themselves over the line. When you've got Ronaldo in your side, you've always got a chance, of course. But, for, for those, again, for, for the casual supporters, because a lot of our listeners are Premier League supporters, um, we're one of the few English-language uh, Italian podcasts, so I want to give them a, an understanding of how Juventus are different under Maurizio Sarri. You know, Sarri came to England, not many people warmed to him. I thought that he got a lot of harsh criticism. The press were sort of at his throat from the very beginning, undeservedly, in my opinion. But are Juventus, in your opinion, a little bit weaker with Sari? I mean, they seem to have a bit more of a soft centre. I know the results are going their way, but it just—I just don't get that same feeling from Juve under Sari. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, the thing is, uh, the players are learning the new system, and already Sari is making some adjustment. Because let's not forget that Sari loved the four-three-three. Every Sari team pretty much played with that. Uh, tactics and now we are seeing with Juventus he changed a little bit Uh, for example against Pal there was Ramsey behind uh, Dybala and Cristiano Ronaldo so it wasn't a 4-3-3 but it was a 4-3-1-2 so you know it's it's tweaking a little bit uh, the team to make it play better obviously everybody expected Juventus to struggle at the beginning of the season because you know coming from Allegri type of football to Sarri, it's a completely different world, so the, you can see it on the positive way, the positive way is that Juventus is already there, you know it's second behind Inter uh, they they drew against Fiorentina away, it's very complicated the match, they beat Napoli so uh, to be there in that position after one month and a half of Sarri that's probably a very positive sign, uh, the other f- the negative side is that uh, obviously they are not playing the type of football that Sari probably would love. In defense, they are struggling a little bit more than with Allegri. Obviously, Allegri football was very focused on defending and then uh, and then using the talent they had. Sarri wants a team to play football, so maybe be, have a very attacking mind, and and so this allowed the opponent to have more chances. So. Um, I, I, I'm quite impressed. Now, obviously, it's it's pretty obvious to say that next Sunday would be the, the most important match, right? This Juventus-Inter, that it won't decide the season because it's too early, but will give us probably a better understanding of Inter and Juventus because Inter start very strong. We have to be honest and say they have a quite easy fixture, because they played only against Lazio and Inter, and uh, Milan, sorry, while Juventus already played against Napoli, against Fiorentina. So uh, the fixture was completely different between the two teams. But Inter is very solid. It's a very solid team. Juventus is not that solid, but plays much better football. So, you know, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how they're going to perform. But against PAL, we saw very, very uh, good Juventus, probably one of the best performance of juventus this season you can say that spal is not a great team and i agree with you but you know berisha was man of the match he made three four unbelievable save against juventus that match could have finished easily four five nil without berisha so you have to keep that in mind and and see the progress juventus done from the first day of the Serie A till now
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and like you said, Sunday's game will tell us a lot more about the two teams. Vittorio, let's talk about your team. Lazio ran absolutely right at the weekend. Four nil winners uh, over Genoa. Um, what are your hopes for Lazio this season?
1: Well, Lazio, will, I hope, will fight for the Champions League spot till the end. Uh, I feel this year, the Serie A, it's nearly divided in two. If we are talking about the top position, I think there is Juventus, Inter, and Napoli fighting for the Scudetto. Napoli is another very interesting team, and then there is for the last spot of the Champions League, the fourth place in Serie A. There is Roma, Atalanta, Lazio fighting for that position, I believe. And uh, I thought Lazio had a better team, but they struggle at the beginning of the season, so. It's going to be a fight between these three teams, I think. I think Fiorentina is not ready yet to fight for the Champions League. So it was really important for Lazio to win against Genoa after uh, a bad week. Uh, against Inter, Lazio played for 45-50 minutes great football and deserved to win. But in the second half, uh, the intensity went down and Inter won the match. At, at the end, you have to see, say that Inter deserved to win. But Lazio was coming out. Uh, a derby that should have won and uh, and drew. Loss against Colucci in Europe League. Loss against Spal, the only match Spal won this year. So, you know, it was a little bit of uh, tension in the club and Lazio needed to win uh, this match. They played really great football. Uh, milinkovic Isavic, Luis Alberto are back. But if you see, Atalanta is three points ahead of Lazio. And uh, I think it's going to be a big battle because Atalanta is struggling in Champions League, but it's playing great football in Serie A. Roma maybe doesn't have uh, an incredible team, but they have the experience to fight for the Champions League. And I think that could make the difference. So I think Lazio will fight till the end with Atalanta and, uh, and uh, Roma for the fourth space in Serie A. And that is the last one for the Champions League.
0: Brilliant stuff. The Smiths, who's watching us live, 1986, he says, if Lazio finish above Roma, it's an achievement. Um uh, Vittorio is a, a big Lazio fan, so I'm sure he'd be pleased with that. Um, well, it,
1: it's it's true because in the past couple of years, Roma have been fighting for the Scudetto a couple of times, have always finished in the top four, if you exclude last year, that was a disaster. Uh, but Lazio fan will say, yes, but in the last 11 years, Roma didn't win nothing while Lazio win Coppa Italia and things like that. But if we take up the, the Serie A, Roma pretty much finished in the last five years always above Lazio and finish in the Champions League spot except last year. So it would be a good, a great achievement for Lazio, even because Lazio need to get to the Champions League if they want to make a further step forward to start to fight for the Scudetto and you know build a bigger team.
0: Absolutely. Um, what have you made of? What's Chris Smalling gotten on like in in your opinion? Um, he's a player who was often made fun of here in England. Uh, at Manchester United, there was a general feeling that he was never ever good enough really to be a a key central defender at Manchester United. What have the people in Italy taken to him like?
1: Well, we have to say that the biggest weakness of Roma, it's the defense. They sold Manolas for financial foreplay play problem to Napoli. That was the best defender they had. And uh, that's the problem. You know, Roma is very good when they attack, but they're terrible when they're defending. And you can see it, Uh, Roma allowed too many goals this season. Um, I don't think Smalling will fix the problem on his own. He's a good fighter. He sat pretty much well this season. We have to say that when he played, he played well. But he's not a top-class defender that will solve the problem of Roma. You know, he's playing with Juan Jesus, with Fazio. There are defenders that have weaknesses. This Roma defense is very slow. So, Smalling can be a very interesting add-on to this team because he has international experience. He have played in a big club like Manchester United. But, you know, if he was benched in this Manchester United that is not fighting for the Premier League, then tells you that probably he's not a top player. But I think he's going to be useful for this team, for Roma. Um, obviously, the fans were expecting someone better than him. But at the end, you have to say that buying a experienced defender like him will be helpful for Roma
0: absolutely let's talk about Parma um three two winners at the weekend um you know they've got some interesting players there three two over Torino who notoriously a, a very good side defensively uh underwater Mazzari he's a coach that you know absolutely loves the defensive side of the game um one of our listeners who's listening live now uh, he says I'm Swiss I'm Swiss, Italian, Parma supporter. Any word on them? Can they push for the Europa? In your mind, Vittorio, are Parma in the mix? Are they good enough? Can they give it a push?
1: Well, uh, the, the, the problem is uh, Parma can fight for the Europa League. I don't think there's that level yet. But let's not forget that Milan is in huge crisis. Sampdoria this year will struggle. And this was a team that last year fight for the Europa League spot. Again, they beat at Torino. Obviously, Torino was one man down for uh, all the second half. But these are the team that last year fight for the Europe League. So Parma, for me, could could get there, especially. But it depends a lot on these other teams. We know we already talk about Milan, that it's team that will struggle. Now we have to see how much they will struggle if they will recover. You know, it's, it's the beginning of October. They still have plenty of time to get back. But Parma it's a very interesting team. They have a couple of very interesting players. Obviously Gervinho uh, I would say is the star of the team. Uh, he's very speedy attacker that is very difficult to control. Uh, but in general Parma has uh, a lot of interesting players so and have a very uh, interesting manager as, as well. Uh, a rising manager I would say that loves playing great football. Usually his team played very well. So you know Parma the biggest question mark is are they convinced do they believe they can make it because the big difference of atalanta is gasperini talked to the players and say guys if you trust me if you believe in what i say and do what i say then we're gonna have fun this year and they fight they fought for the champions league till the end because the players believed now the question mark will be is pa- is parma really believing they can make it i think they can but we're going to see in the second half of the season if they still have the energy and they believe in this.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Great stuff, Vittorio. Uh, let's look ahead a little bit to next week's fixtures. Um, if we have a look, of course, the standout game is that clash between Inter and Juve in the San Siro. Uh, Atalanta uh, entertain Lecce. Bologna welcome Lazio. Brescia take on Sassuolo. If you're on Tina, go head-to-head with Udinese. Genoa, uh, welcome Milan. um, We've touched on that inter-Juve game already. Roma have Cagliari, Spal versus Parma, Torino-Napoli. Now, that's a dodgy game for Napoli, isn't it? Torino's a a difficult place to go. Ancelotti's been quoted as saying that he's rarely pleased by Napoli, basically that He feels that their potential is a lot bigger than what they're showing at the moment, and he's really satisfied with what he's getting on the pitch. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that Carlo Ancelotti is one of world football's finest managers. Uh, But you know the the way things are in Italy at the moment, Napoli are going to struggle, aren't they, to keep up with with Inter and Juve. I know they've kept close to Juve in the past, but ultimately they've always fallen short. But if Napoli were to finish third. Can uh, Ancelotti look at that and say, you know what, I'm proud of that, That, that's good?
1: No, no, I don't think so. Especially considering the fact that they kept kept all the key players this summer and now they have even Llorente. You know, that's a big sign for Napoli. Uh, So, no, Napoli is fighting for the Scudetto. And Harry, let's not forget that they beat Liverpool in the Champions League. And, you know, the Liverpool won the Champions League last year, so that's an un- unbelievable achievement, and they deserve to win. It's not that they had a penalty that wasn't a penalty, etc. Napoli played better than Liverpool and won it. This tells you that this team really has a lot of talent. When they play good football, Napoli is very hard to stop, so the potential is there. Napoli should be fighting for, for the Scudetto, and to be honest with you, inter is not playing that great football now we know that antonio's conte team are not very nice to see you know they don't play amazing football they're very solid well this napoli is playing great football they have a lot of talent there in the team the funny thing is they bought manolas from roma and people this summer a lot of people were saying wow napoli defense with manolas koulibaly meret who's gonna score Instead, we're seeing that Napoli is allowing a lot of goals uh, this season, which is surprising because of the good defenders they have. There is a lack of concentration in some matches from the defence of Napoli. Um, They were really focused in the Champions League, but obviously you play against Liverpool and you always get focused in top matches. But the problem here is Napoli has to be focused for, for the season. They lost against Cagliari at home, You know, that's they played much better. They deserve to win. But football, it's a game where it's not only that you play better. You have to score more than the opponent. Otherwise, there's a chance that you don't win or or you lose like Cagliari. So it would be really disappointing, I think, for for Napoli to arrive third. Then, obviously, it depends. If uh, you arrive third but at two points from the first one, that's another discussion. But I think the Laurentiis... The, the owner of Napoli believes that he built a team for the scudetto obviously inter spent much more money but this napoli team it's it's a very good team they should be fighting for the for the scudetto obviously they didn't do it at the moment and this it's you know a big question mark why they played so well in champions league and they're struggling in serie a uh, you know uh, harry they say ancelotti ancelotti wrote a book uh, i prefer the cup that it's you know the, the ham it's it's written cup in italian so it's it's you can read it both way but it's true ancelotti won the champions league with different team and normally his team have performed better in the champions league than in the league but this napoli needs a manager who will be able to make them win the scudetto because honestly i don't think that napoli can win the champions league
0: yeah. I agree with you. I completely agree with you. Uh Victoria, let's finish off by getting your prediction for that big game between Inter and Juventus. Um we've gone a little bit shorter tonight. That's because Tommy's not with us. Um Tommy is on holiday. Um and uh Tommy is a uh, the uh the other part to this fantastic podcast. So uh we'll be looking forward to having Tommy back. Victoria's brilliant but he's probably tired of talking now. <laughs> no, <I'm
1: laughs> you know, joking. I'm Italian. I can talk for hours. And I
0: was just playing.
1: <laughs> let's not forget, Ari, that there's another important match because there's Genoa-Milan. And we talk about Milan. You know, if Milan loses against Genoa, that is another team that is struggling. They lost 4-0 against Lazio. There were rumours of sacking the manager even there. So, you know, it's going to be a very interesting match because both manager. I'm uh, in trouble and if they don't win this match they could be out of the jobs so it's going to be really interesting to see how the play Milan have been playing really badly but you know the players need to play for Giampaolo on this match so it will be really interesting to see how that match goes and yes, it shouldn't be a top fixture but it, it is because if not, if Milan loses then probably Giampaolo will be sacked talking about uh, Inter Juventus it's tough to say. I would say that Juventus is still a better team, but um, so yeah, I would say one nil Juventus because I don't think that Inter would allow more than one goal. So yeah, that's my prediction.
0: Well, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a a narrow Juventus win as well. Um, I'm going to go for a two one though. I'm going to go for a 2-1. But yeah, I think you're right. I think Juventus are a more complete side. I think that, like you said, we have to take into consideration the fixtures that Inter have played so far. Um, You know, it's been a marvellous start. It's been a fantastic start. But it's very early days. And Juventus have shown uh, over the last few years that they're capable of going the distance. And more often than not, their opponents haven't been able to do so. And, you know, we saw a very strong Napoli side Keep up with them for the most part of a season the year before last, but when it got to the crunch time, uh, of course, they fell away. And you know, whilst Conte's made a huge improvement at Inter, it is very early days, so I think the safe thing to do is uh, a bet on Juventus for that one,
1: yeah. And, and I think the big thing is if Sari will be able to make Higuain, Dibala, and Cristiano Ronaldo played all together, then you know, the firepower of, of Juventus is unbelievable. And he's trying, you know, to to find a solution to make them play together. It's not going to be easy. He said uh, in the press conference before the Champions League match, it's going to be really difficult to see Higuain and DiBala play together. But now he's finding a solution for Ramsey, who can be a very important point, a very important player for Juventus. So, you know, it's going to be interesting.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, great stuff, Vittorio. Thank you so much uh, for coming back on, as always, um, a regular and a, 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 the main man on on Simply Syria. So thank you so much uh, for your My time and game no worries at all glad to have you and we'll be back next week with more we'll be reflecting on that game hopefully tommy will be back too and we'll be able to dissect that huge game at the san siro as well as touching on the rest of the big stories from italy so until then take care don't forget to subscribe uh leave us a review uh, we are on youtube now as well which we weren't last season so if you haven't already and you fancy seeing our beautiful faces while we talk italian football please please do head over there and hit the subscribe button alternatively we are still on itunes soundcloud spotify uh, all the usual places so uh, we'll be back next week until then take care everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet-o-fish sandwich all day